Right, uh, good morning, everybody. Um, we still have Kingdom Kids today. Um, the Cooks family will take care of them. So, Diane and Charlie. So, Kingdom Kids, kid, go with Mr. and Mrs. Cooks. It's easier that way to say it. So, all right. So, this morning, I want to start with um, saying thank you to all the veterans because it's Veterans Day, uh, Thursday, I think. Right, it's Veterans Weekend, so thank you for all your service and what you did in the past, and uh, to sacrifice all everything you did, and yeah, and for the freedom of this country. Thank you, guys. So, and um, I want to share with you, like last week, last Sunday, actually, the last weekend, we went to a trip to Ozark Christian College in the Bible. There's a picture up there, and it's eight hours drive there and eight hours drive back. And so total, it's like 16, 17, 18 hours drive. It's a long drive, but it was a lot of fun. Um, we share a lot of memory, good memory and bad memories. The good memory is, uh, we, uh, like, everybody opened up, everybody bonded. Even the quietest one in our group was opening up. The, the, everybody jumping, everybody sharing, and everybody have a lot of fun, right? And... We, we bonded. We bond really well, and we're just, we had fun. But also, for me, for me, there's like the time that I don't like, which is, if you guys ever see, sit down in the chair and the, in the van for a long time, and then you eat too much, and you're old, older like me, like, I just have a cramp a few times right here because I eat too much, you know? And after I jump with kids, after I jump with the kids during the worship, I'm not kidding you. My calves were sore a whole weekend after that. Sore. I was like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. But again, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's bonded. It's good bonding time. So I asked some of the kids to come here to share uh, their favorite time, their least favorite, and their, what they learned. So come on, guys. Come up here. I think we're going to start with Jaylee here. So it's going to go Jaylee, Carter, Matthew, Louie, and Annie. So Jaylee. So the high of my week was playing the cow game in the van. It got very intense. Um, and then the low of my week was that I had to miss school on Friday and had a lot of work I had to catch up on um, because of missing. Um, and then the thing that was drilled into my head through the weekend is I am saved in Christ by grace through faith. If you guys want to know what a cow game is, you can ask them later. So, it's, in, it's intense. Go ahead, Carter. My favorite part of the week is when we were singing. It was real upbeat and everyone's having a good time. My low part was we had to go home because we had a lot of fun there. And what, we, what I learned is that different people are going to learn about God in different ways. My high was the worship. It was just so upbeat. Everyone was jumping and clapping. It just really put you in a good mood. Uh, so that was my high. And my low was just that we couldn't spend more time there. It was just a really solid weekend. And the thing I learned is that I am made in the image of God. Uh, the high of my week, I think, was the... Uh, the large group and like the live worship and everything. The low was that 
they wouldn't let me get a, uh, another chicken sandwich at the cafeteria. <laughs> it hurt. Uh, and what I learned, I think, was you really need to focus on God more than like anything else. Is the way that He put it, is He had like a bullseye, and He had God in the middle, and then everything else going out in the sides. Um, my high of the trip was like spending more time with the youth group and worshiping. Um, I didn't have a little because it was all really fun, and um, I learned about Paul's missionary journeys. All right, good job. Can you put it down there, please? So yeah, and I want to thank Mandy too for uh, driving on the way back, so I can sit on the back and hang out with the kids and bonding more with them. It was a lot of fun. And you guys might be wondering, like, to give, what do you share the low time or the least favorite time, right? Well, that's what it is. That's what we're going to talk about. There, there's a time for everything. But we're going to go to, we're going to read the book of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. But before, before we go there, if you ever read the book of Ecclesiastes, it's a really hard book to read, right? Sometime, sometimes it got depressing. Yeah, even, like, they start, okay, this is how it starts. He starts, like, my, uh, I am the king, uh, I am the preacher of the king, a son of the king David. So I believe it's king of Solomon that read this, uh, that write this. And then, you know, when you, how many of you guys are writer? If you want to be a writer, you want to catch the attention of your reader, right? So I wonder this, King Solomon's, like, okay, I introduced my name, and what should I start this? I know, vanities. Vanities. If you NIV say meaningless, everything is meaningless in this world. Everything meaningless. Why? Right? You just don't want to tell everybody everything meaningless right off the bat. And then, and it get worse. It get worse. In Ecclesiastes one eighteen, said, because in much wisdom there is much grief, and increasing knowledge results in increasing pains. So the more wisdom we have, the more we're gonna feel pain. So what do we gonna be with? Why do we want to be wiser, right? And then like everything just meaningless. And then in chapter 2, chapter 2, 17 said, that's another, in the next slide there. It says, so 17 to 18. So I hated life because the work that is under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. Man, if it's not depressing for you guys, I don't know what it is. He's, basic, he's a king. He's King Solomon. He's the wisest king, and he's, he's a king. You know, He got everything he wants, but he said everything under the sun, everything, all your hard work, all of it. he hated life because all the hard work he has right now is meaningless. I think he was trying to say this, no matter how hard we're going to work, no matter how much we have, no matter um, how much stuff we have, everything will be gone in this world, right? We can't, we can't bring it to the next life because staying in this world. And the state in the world that we're living right now is not worth it. Well, during that time, it was the, the state of the world, Solomon's day. And now, it's in our day, you guys see the news out there? Yeah, every time I look at the news, it's so depressing. I was like, this is the reason why I'm not watching the news, because it depressed me. It's, it's, this book is hard to read. But and then, he kept going in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 
He said, there's everything under this time. There's, there's time for everything. Let's read it here. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the, sun, under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stone, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to hear, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silenced and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for, for peace. So most of this is very straightforward, right? But I heard some, some question about cha- uh, verse 3. It says, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. So I heard this question when this version, uh, in, in this verse, the chapter 3, and the verse 3, a time to kill. I have the question is, does that mean God... Does, it, does that mean God? Um, uh, does that mean God support genocide? Does that mean God support um, murdering? Does does God con- contradict the Ten Commandments because it's time to kill? The answer is no. In Ten Commandments, it's thou shall not murder, right? Not thou shall not kill. In some verses, thou shall not kill, but God talking about murdering. In the Ten Commandments, murder and kill is two different things. Murder is you have uh, the 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 you have an intent to kill. You have like think about it and you want to kill them. That's too different. Killing is to protect yourself or your family or something. So there's two different things. No, God does not do you know God does not support genocide or any of those, but. If you need to protect yourself, let's say a robber coming to your house, it's either you or them to kill or to be killed. You're protecting yourself. It's two different things. And a time to heal, it's physical and mental. Like if you, if you, if you kill somebody to protect yourself, you still take somebody's life away. And mentally, you have to heal on that one. So again, God does not support genocide or any of those, but there's a time. And a time to tear down and a time to build. Once, once I heard a quote from someone, it's a long, long time ago, that's why I don't remember. It said, two different objects cannot be exist in the same place. One have to be tear down and one to be exist. It's, it's, it's stuck with me because it's applied to our life, right? And applied in our uh, spiritual life too. Because we can't, t- we can't say that we live for Jesus, we, we, we know Jesus, we follow Jesus, but we still comfortably living in our sins. We need to tear down, we need to tear that apart and let Jesus build our new life because um, like, uh, it's not easy, okay? Let me give you an example about working out. I know every time I preach, I talk about working out because that's what I like. So when you work out, uh, when you work out, I work out because I want to have a bigger and better and stronger muscle, right? I'm still working on it, but obviously I'm not, that, I'm not there yet. But, Every time you work out, every time you work out, in fact, while you're working out, no matter what it is, running, weightlifting, swimming, no matter what it is, your body, your muscle, it tear apart your muscle. And then the soreness you feel, it was that muscle healing and strengthening it and make it bigger. And the reason why I don't have a lot of people work out with me 
only two or three people that stick with me in, in my daily, in my workout journey. It's because they work out with me, they do my plan, and they sore the next day. And then I was like, hey, you want to work out with me? I'll meet you at the gym. They're like, um, no thanks. I'm like, why? And I'm still sore from last time. It's still hurting. I can't go. I'm like, how about me? I'm going right now. It's like, well, your plan's too hard or... I, I need to heal more. No, 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 no. To, to, to build your muscle, you need to be consistent. You need to keep going. You, it's sore. It's painful. But at the end, worth, it's worth it. It's the same with our spiritual life. When we say we know Jesus, we need to leave that behind. We need to our past, leave our past behind. Tear down ourselves. Right? doesn't mean we make fun of ourselves. Look at the mirror like you're ugly. Not like that. But in our, we need to leave that past behind and let Jesus build it. It's not, hard. it's not easy. It's hard. It's, it's painful to live what we know, to, to, to leave it alone, you know, to leave that behind, to tear that stuff that we know behind. It's not easy. And again, like I say, the rest is straightforward, you know. And I think Solomon's point in this is, even though our life is hard and our, the state of this world is not worth of living for, and everything is meaningless in this world. But there's time for everything, even though everything meaningless. We need to know, we need to remember who's in charge of our time. We need to know who created the time. We need to know, we should not forget to trust the one who created everything. So if we keep going to read it, chapter 9, 10, 11, and it's, it's, it's getting better. He's not always depressed like this. I mean... After he said that everything meaningless and he hated life, he needed therapy, you know. He needed help. Who, who say I hate life when he's a king? But in the chapter, chapter 3, verses 9, he say, What do the worker gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. In the NASB, I like it better. In chapter 10, in verse 10, he say, there is task that God gives hum- humanity. What kind of task? If you guys remember the Genesis before the fall of the humanity, right? What did human do? Basically nothing, right? If you're hungry, what you do? There's a tree. Oh, look, I'm hungry again. There's a ripe tree. Look. I'm very hungry. Which tree are we going to eat? Right? There's nothing. It's literally paradise. Literally paradise for everybody, for everything. And then Eve take that first bite and then give it to a man. And then that's when the human fall. And then when, that's when God gives the human physical task, which is to toil the earth, to take care of the earth, then you can live through it. You can eat the produce that your hard work. And... That's the task. And then when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus gave us another task. Do you remember what Jesus gave us? The task? Great commission. Go into all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's our spiritual task. Without, if we just do physical tasks in this world, this is, this is why I believe Solomon said, if we, believe, if we just do physical toil, hard work, gain everything we can, do you know, all the money, all the stuff, that's all meaningless without doing the spiritual task that God wants us to do, to bring everything in Christ, to bring everybody into Christ. 
And he said, verse 11, he has made everything beautiful. In NSB, say everything appropriate in his time. Everything beautiful in God's timing. We need to trust his timing. We need to trust, we need to have faith in God. Because everything in, everything have time, and all the time is according to God's appropriate time. So, the question is, what time is it? Right? Question, what time is it now? Now, like, what time is it right now to go? Oh, it's 10.30, 10.40. No. What time is it now that God give it to us? Is it good time or bad time? The right answer on that one is, it's, 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 it's always, it's God's timing, okay? It's a rejoicing time. So, um, and it, it, it's rejoicing time. So if you, what, so this is what we're going to do, okay? Uh, and then the first, let's go read the first, uh, the verse 12 to 15. And uh, I know that there is nothing better for people than to rejoice and to do good what they, while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satis- satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear Him. So rejoicing time. No matter bad time, good times, we need to rejoice. What time is it? It's rejoicing time, okay? Because everything is beautiful in God's name. It's rejoicing time. Okay, you guys look tired. You guys look, maybe I'm bored a little bit. I'm boring you guys a little bit. This is what we're going to do. Every time I said, what time is it? But you need to yell it out and then punch your hand, arm, your fist in the air. If you want to get up and jump, go for it, okay? But it's rejoicing time. You need to mean it. Okay, what time is it? Rejoicing time. There you go. Let's try it one more time. What time is it? Rejoicing time. That's right. Okay. So, well, they already spoiled it for you guys. But it's rejoicing time, right? Um, so I Google, how many times is the Bible said about rejoice, right? So I Googled it because everybody can trust Google. Everybody, Google knows everything, right? Well, you can trust everything in Google. You can trust most of it. Let's see how many times the Bible says rejoice. Ready? Next slide. So the Bible said 3,657 times throughout the Bible say rejoice. And 759 verses just in New Testament. Okay? So, again, I don't know if Google right or wrong. I'm not the one who counted this. I mean, who has time counting all this time? Somebody did. But if this is right, if this is right, I feel like God trying to tell us something. I don't know what it is, though. I think it's about rejoicing or something, right? So 3,657 times. That's just a lot. And, and then 759 first in the New Testament. And most of the New Testament written by Paul, right? And let's go to Philippians 4, 4. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice, right? Paul, if you know the story about Paul, he went through good time and bad time, okay? Let's talk about the bad time he goes through. He went to um, places to build churches. He got kicked out a few times. He got stoned and kicked out and, uh, outside the gate. And he has been shipwrecked a few times. He got bitten by a snake. And people leave him to death. I mean, that's horrible time to me, right? And, and he's in the prison too. You know where he was when he, read, when he wrote this verse? 
prison. How many of you guys would write rejoice in the Lord when you, while you are in prison? Nobody. It's not a good time in prison. And now we're going to talk about Paul good times. His good time was when he's building the church and people in the church live in harmony, growing in God. And his protege, Timothy, he, he, he take him under his wings and he build him. And then Timothy successful in the church. He built the church and he followed God and the church prospered because he followed God. And Paul have joy. He said he has, his joy has made, made full by that. I don't know about you guys, but I've been in youth ministry for a long time. I've been helping the youth and in the in the youth church in the, as a youth paid youth ministry a few times and the, the children home. I've been everywhere. When we go to uh, Ozark Christian College, the kids are like Tigu, do you know everybody here? I'm like, well, not everybody. And then somebody I'm like, hey Tigu, I'm like, hey, and they're like, see, that's the point. But I've been everywhere and every t- like a lot of places, right? And work with the youth group and a lot. So. This, and then uh, one time, I know, I know how Paul uh, feel when he said that he's proud of Timothy. I have a kid, um, when I was just a helper, and I kind of mentor him, not just like talk and stuff. And he's, he's a long line of missionary family. His parents go to China for a few years, and then his parents teaching at Central, and he want to be missionary. And he went to Ozark Christian College to become missionary, and when his junior high, when, when his junior year in college, he has to do internship. You know, like every other college, Christian college needs to do internship too. And one time he's emailed me, he, he Facebook messaged me and talking about, hey, tell me about Indonesian culture. I'm like, why? He's like, oh, I want to be a missionary in Indonesia for my internship. I'm like, wow. And then he tell me that I'm like, I'm one of the big part that he chose Indonesia to be a missionary there, to be interning there. I was like, man, I was like, I don't know how to express it to you guys until now. I don't know how that feel. It's just like joy. It's, it's Paul having this joy from the Lord, rejoice from the Lord. And he's, I just know how to feel. I don't know how to tell you guys how that feel. But yeah, and rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So what time is it? Rejoice. Let's do it again. That was kind of lame. What time is it? Right. Okay. Good. That's good. So if we keep going, Paul continue in Philippians 4, 6 to 7. He said, remember, he wrote this in prison. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. All right. Let's stop there. In jail, in prison, he said, do not be anxious in anything. But pray to God because his, God's understanding will transcend all the worry that we have. Okay? The, 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 do not be anxious. Sorry, that, that thing was messed me up. Do not be anxious. When you are, I don't know about you guys, I got anxious a lot, right? Randomly. I got anxious randomly. I don't know if you guys ever got anxious. But you need to pray in every situation. You need to rejoice in every situation. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then he gave us the secret why we need to have, we need to rejoice in God every day, every time. And the peace of God, which trans, trans, transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. 
So you need, we need to rejoice because when, when Paul feels the peace of God, even though he's in prison, he rejoices and it transcends all the understanding because when we're worried, when we're in the bad time in our life, right, we can't think just, oh, we're not going to make it. We're not going to, it's a terrible time in my life. What am I going to do? Why did God hate me? No, you need to trust God. You need to rejoice in that time. And you need to, because when you rejoice, the peace of God will be with you and it will transcend every understanding all you have in this world. And, and the, 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 the thing is, it will say, if you can go back to the last slide, they're all jumping all over me in there. Will, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Again, last weekend, we talked about the feeling, right? And like today world, in today's world, we focus on our feeling. Like what we think is all about our feelings and about your heart. And we talk about, the Bible say, do not trust your heart. The Bible say, your heart is the most deceitful thing in this world. So, imagine if, if Jesus Christ guard your heart and your mind. I don't know how many times I can tell you that my heart and my mind lead me to the wrong place and, the wrong, make, and then I end up in the, wrong, in the bad situation. I'm sure all you guys do that too. But if our heart and mind guard by Jesus Christ, we would never make a bad decision. We would make, we're never in a bad situation because we trust in Christ. And there's a great reason to rejoice, right? I don't know about you guys. The peace of God and our heart and mind guard by Jesus, it's always rejoicing time. It's always good time to rejoice. This is why... No matter what time is it, there's time for everything. And it doesn't matter how meaningless this world is. It's always rejoicing time because we need trust in Jesus, right? So what time is it? Rejoicing time. Come on, you can do better than that. What time is it? Rejoicing time. All right, so if life gets you down, what you do? Rejoicing time. Rejoice, right? If you feel you're in a good place, rejoice. If you feel anxious, rejoice. And... Because we need, to tr- we need to trust God's timing. God's timing is perfect. God's timing is beautiful. And if you're in a bad place, if you're going through a rough time right now, hang on, hold on, believe in God, trust in God, because good times will come. But if you are in the good timing, in the good time right now, rejoice in God. Strengthen your faith. Because I don't want to be Debbie Downer. But rough time coming. So when the Satan attack you, you have a strong faith and you will not be defeated because you have Christ. Because you believe in God. You trust in His timing. So trust Him and rejoice. What time is it? Rejoice. All right, let's pray. Uh, dear God, thank you for everything you give it to us, God. Thank you for um, telling us to rejoice in any time, God. Bad time, good times. Everything is rejoicing. Every time is rejoicing time, God. And um, be with us. Be with everybody that's going through a hard time right now. And tell, remind them to rejoice. And if they're doing a good time, I will rejoice with them. And I pray so they will strengthen their life, God. And thank you for your son. In the, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.